Welcome to another episode of the Sawdust and Fire podcast. We are your host. I am Hunter Johnson. And I'm Thomas Baldridge. Boy, Thomas, I don't know about you, but it sure feels good to stop, take a breath, and be back on the air again tonight. Man, yeah, it does uh, in some ways. In other ways, I'm still worrying about what else I should be doing. Well, you're going to have to get over that because if if it didn't get done from February 1st to right now, it's about time to put it on the back burner, Bubba. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. But, man, I've got a list that has got to get done like yesterday. And uh, muzzleloading season's fixing to kick off this coming weekend. So, you know, we're rocking and rolling. And you and I both have been uh, like a one-arm wallpaper hanger just fighting the fight and uh you know trying to do a bunch of different stuff and and uh been been behind man we just been behind well yeah it's been it's been tough man it's uh about three weeks now has just been absolute hectic chaos i feel like i ain't got much of nothing done and i'm like you i'm behind i would love to be able to throw my hands up and say, whoa, hunting season's here. Time to chill a little bit and enjoy it. But I'm right there with you. I still got a list. I got to chew on a little bit. And but I'm uh I'm I'm I have put slowing down, enjoying life and hunting toward the top of my short list. It's uh yep. it's 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 coming. It's on my list. Yep. Yep. Same here. I mean, I, I'm trying to narrow my list down, but I've even got all kinds of little loose ends, you know, just to try and get tied up. I got, I, I did some work on that shop and, uh, got me a new, new hoist out there to help me clean some deer, hopefully. And, uh, had to take down some lights to do some of my extensions there on the, on the building. And, put some lights back up, got things going, but I've got, I've got, I've got about, oh, six more pretty good sized lights to put up and, uh, that, that'll be functional in that way. Man, I can't tell you how many deer I skin at night, you know, because they shoot them right before dark. And then by the time you got I me, mean, it's just dark, you know, you got, and I, you got to have light. I mean, <laughs> oh yeah. And what's even worse is when, uh, they shoot about five of them. Oh man. And in the afternoon and drag them up. And, and then next thing you know, you're, uh, you know, for the time changes, you know, you it's, it's eight, eight 30, you start skinning, you set in on four or five deer. It's going to be a long night. It's going to be a while before you get your shower and get in the bed. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be rough. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just part of it, man. I, I mean, I, I haven't had them stack them up on me like that, but uh, I've had them shoot quite a few of the evening, and then you're you're stuck. I mean, it's dark, and you got. I've, I've done it with lights on the front of the tractor, and I've done it with uh, the little fancy LED magnetic floodlights they got now that are just crazy bright. They're really good lights, but there's nothing like having things set up right, you know. Oh, you got to in a situation like that. You you got to. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. And uh, well, let's uh, 
what let's talk about what's had us so busy uh we we hadn't put out a podcast here in about two weeks i know adam sent a message uh, a couple days ago want to make sure we's all right and uh i had to apologize boy it's just been uh it's just been crazy things out of control but what's uh what's had you tied up oh man well you know just general life really uh is part of it which we all juggle um between kids and all their extracurricular stuff and, and, uh, you know, just normal, normal things. And then like, like you, I've, I've had to have a couple doctor's appointments here lately. And, uh, I had one where they doggone doctors, man, I don't know if there's any doctors listening. And my, my wife's one of them little medical nuts. She gets mad at me for saying this, but man, uh, doctors irritate me because I swear they pass you around to their buddies that they golf with, you know, and they're like, Oh man, we need you to get another test. Go get referred over here to this guy. And he refers you to this guy. You make your rounds. You come back to the first guy and you racked up a bill. Well, old boy called me yesterday. I was supposed to be down there today getting some kind of fancied up bone scan. And there's only one hospital in central Arkansas that can do this one place, one place in the whole state. And, uh, Anyhow, I'm going through all that, and uh, you know they call you. They're doing all this pre-registry nonsense over the phone nowadays, which is kind of good um, in a lot of ways. And uh, then he told me how much it was going to be, like uh, twenty, twenty-five hundred dollars or something. And uh, I said, "How much?" He said, twenty-five hundred bucks for this test." I said, "No, I don't, I don't think so." I said, "Man, I got some insurance, you know." He said, no, that's, that's how much it's going to be. I said, you're going to have to let me make some phone calls. So I said, I'm going to tell you right now, I am not coming and spending no 2,500 bucks on no test. You can just hang that up right now. And of course, this guy's got a thick accent from another country. I'm not sure he understands what I'm saying, but he did start laughing. So I knew he was smelling what I was stepping in. And, uh, I told him, I said, look here, man. I said, this is just like an old car. All right. I said, you just understand I'm an old car. At some point in time, you got to quit putting money in an old car. All right. You just got to, you just can't keep putting money in it. And I'm not just going to keep going to more tests. So at the end of the day, y'all tell me the first thing that you told me when I come in, you ain't real sure you don't know. And, uh, and then I'm into it this much money and I've lost all these days and I'm just not going down that road. So I said, of course, my wife, I was driving, she's in the seat beside me hearing this and she, you know, she wants to take over at that point, which is fine. I called and canceled the appointment. I, I said, look, if I have to have this, like there's no way around it, then we're just going to wait till January so I can meet whatever crazy deductible I've got instead of only having a two-month window where insurance comes out of winter on this deal. I, I mean, I'm alive. It's not going to kill me today. It's all good. Don't worry about it. So anyhow, just life stuff like that that everybody deals with. I mean, uh, uh, you know, and then I've got projects going on here on the farm, like a show to look at. We got a new county judge. God bless her heart. I wish she would listen to this podcast because we've been under a burn ban for months. It's been a drought for a long time, and they are scared to death that half the county is going to burn to the ground. And you and I know that it ain't going to happen. And it's very, very difficult to get a growing season burn in. 
So we got a rain shower, small one, and doggone if she didn't lift the burn band. So I got the disc hooked up. Boy, I took off and I dissed the fire lane around this place that I need. I got a an old field with wing down cedar, multiple rows, uh, uh, yum sprouts, uh, just you name it. Everything shouldn't be there's there. There's some good stuff too, but boy, this this part of this property just irritates me. And I was getting ready to roast that thing. And I got the fire lanes dissed in, got everything good going. Me and you were sitting there looking at weather apps. You know, what day do we think is going to be good? Well, this day we can't, this day we can't. Humidity is still too high. Humidity is still too high. And doggone, if that same day that me and you are sitting there looking at this weather saying, no, the humidity is not going to get low enough. We ain't going to be able to do this growing season fire. They put the burn band back on. Yep. So I got hung on that deal. And uh, I mean, just, you know, just the way it goes. Uh, I got a bunch of shrubs ordered, going to do a bunch of shrub mots. Uh, I've got uh, Matt and crew here. They started this morning on a, a, T, a really good TSI project that we're actually doing some ecological restoration in the woods. Should be one of the only places I know of anywhere in the state that's done this way. So we're we're doing that. Um, they had a lot of good progress today. Got, got a lot going on there. Um, I've got some native stuff to plant when it gets, you know, winter and, um, going to use some stuff really for edge feathering things a little bit differently with uh, a pollinator mix. that's a little higher percentage grass, uh, content than, than a, a straight normal pollinator mix. But anyhow, and uh, then had to plant food plots because, uh, you know, we got to have food plots. And uh, I said that facetiously, but um, we started getting a couple little rains, which, you know, got me where I was like, all right, this is it. If we're going to plant them, this is it. And so I planted everything. Things went pretty good. Uh, got everything planted. Plots look pretty good. And uh, we need rain bad. And... Um, and then the thing that I hate probably the most, yesterday I bought some corn. And uh, I guess over the next couple of days, maybe if I can get some time, I'm going to go put some of it out. And I absolutely detest putting it out. I hate putting it out. I don't want to put it out. I don't like it. I don't like any. I wish they had outlaw every bit of it. I know people think I'm crazy, but I can't stand the stuff. I hate everything there is to hate about it. Corn is to deer hunting and turkeys and quail what the spinning wing decoy is to ducks. Uh, maybe even worse, maybe a lot worse. But um, yeah, that's a whole nother topic. And uh, meanwhile, while I was over here, you know, doing that and a bunch of other stuff sprinkled in all that mess, um, man, you've been down the same kind of road and, uh, the, I can't wait for you to talk about your procedure. <laughs> well, so I went duck hunting a couple years ago with a fella that just come to find out he was a doctor there at Cersei, and he took the doctor's place that actually delivered me, delivered my sister. Um, been there my whole life. That's who I went to as a kid growing up. And then... Uh, 
so got introduced to him and he's a good old boy. You know, we don't have to wonder what he's saying. He speaks good English. He, he's a white boy. Um, he's not foreigner or nothing. And, uh, he duck hunts and he just, he just a good all around dude to know guy to know as a doctor. Plus I got a cell phone number. So, you know, that always helps when you're dealing with a doctor. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we got to talking and, and, uh, he said, well, who, who is your primary care physician? And I said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, well, who's the doctor you go to? I said, man, I ain't been to doctor five or six times in my whole adult life. And it's just because I was just so sick that I just went to whoever I could get into. You know, I, I ain't got no doctor. And he said, how old are you? And I said, well, I'm 50. He said, well, you do now. You got a doctor now and it's time. You're going to have to get some, we're going to get some stuff checked out and it's time you start going. So for the last little bit, he's been working me over about the last year. He's been working me over and, uh, man, we doing everything from, uh, got a sleep study coming up and, uh, we've done a testosterone test and actually been taking some testosterone supplements and most recently, the procedure you're talking about was a colonoscopy. Yeah. Now, and, now listen here. This everybody right now is laughing. They two, three guys done ran off the road because they all know about this deal, and none of us want to talk about it, but we all will joke about it. Well, it's necessary, but dude, I ain't gonna lie. They bad. <laughs> so, so you, you, you go in you go in and you meet with this nurse person that that schedules the procedure and she tells you how it's all gonna go down and she gives you this sheet <laughs> man i can think of so many things to say like she tells you how it's gonna go down Literally, she does how it's going yeah. down. Everything except food. Ain't no food going down here in the field. <laughs> no, bro. It ain't, you ain't getting no food. So, you know, I take in a whole lot of calories every day. And, <laughs> and you know, I'm pretty proud of it. Pretty excited about it, usually. Yeah. She says, you know, so so here's, here's the deal. She gave me this sheet of stuff, this sheet of paper, that tells you everything you can't do. Yeah. And then, you know, you used to have to drink that stuff. And, oh, yeah. Uh, well, they got a new deal now, these pills. Yeah. All right. So, so how this deal went down is you, you, uh, um, so one night at midnight, you've had your last thing to eat for about 40 hours. <laughs> Did you stay up? Did you stay up and, and and eat your last meal or did you just go on to bed like at nine or 10 o'clock? Dude, you ain't got no choice. You staying up. I mean, uh, well, I, that first night, so the first night I went to bed, um, I ate something about 10 o'clock and I was in pretty good shape. So I went to bed. Well, you get up the next morning, you're not allowed to have nothing all day long. You can have like a popsicle and you can have water and that's pretty much it. So, I think you and I had a lunch scheduled and I had to cancel on that because I couldn't, couldn't, uh, 
couldn't do lunch. I'd I'd actually forgot that I had my colonoscopy scheduled the next day. So okay, but I, I think, finally remembered it as I was headed to meet you for lunch. So I had to bail on that deal. You know, well, we're butchering this up some way or another. There's a deal, and I can't remember what it is because I'm an uneducated redneck. But there's a a colonoscopy. I think's where they take your colon out, and a colonoscopy is where they check it out. They just run this long scope. <laughs> I don't know how you're supposed to say it or what it's called. But I was out for this one. Now, the last one I had was about 15 years ago. And I was awake for that one. I got oh to watch God. the screen. Oh, man. Two don't, guys don't, just ran off the road listening to this. So You want to be out. The last one I had about 15 years ago. I watched on the screen everything they were seeing as this dude went up through there. <laughs> and oh, let me cool. tell you, that ain't no fun. What kid What kid says, I want to be a GI doc when I get older, and I want to do colonoscopies for, for a living? I don't know. That's I'm a twisted glad they dude. is somebody, but, but, so, but anyway, so... So you couldn't eat nothing all day long. So, but they lie to you. They tell you now you're gonna have to go 24 hours without eating. No, it's more like 40, Jack. <laughs> and that last 12, you can't even have nothing to drink. Well, one of the things she said is you can't eat anything from midnight the night before, all day, all night, and then you know till your procedure's over with. And she says, and you can't you can't have any smokeless tobacco or anything like that. And I said, look, you're going to have to pick one. <laughs> I can't do both of these. And she said, no, you you got to do both. And I said, well, then I'm canceling. I'm out because I can't. I mean, I got I, I've got two things: eating and a dip of snuff. <laughs> and if I can't have either one of them, then I'm not doing a this this colon scope procedure thing, whatever you call it. <laughs> so she finally said, well, as long as you're not swallowing it, you know, I guess I said, well, I don't swallow it. I spit. And she said, well, you know, as long as, long as that's what you're doing, you know, I think you'll be all right. And I said, well, look, I'm not giving you a choice. It's either I don't do the colonoscopy or I'm either going to eat or I'm going to have snuff, one of the two. <laughs> so, so I made sure I had plenty of snuff and, uh, kept a bottle of water with me and I thought you know I can do this so I made it through the day well at four o'clock in the afternoon they you've got these pills of course I forgot so at about 2 30 I'm at the drugstore trying to get these pills um and she said well you know we don't have them we're gonna have to order them and I said she said when's your procedure and I said well I'm supposed to start taking these in like an hour and a half and uh so they jumped through some hoops. I had to come back, but they found me the pills, found everything I was supposed to have. So instructions say you're supposed to take a pill and a drink of water. Wait two or three minutes, take a pill and a drink of water. And you're supposed to take all 12 of these pills in about 15 or 20 minutes. They're about four o'clock in the afternoon. So... I started taking them and I'm like, man, you know, it's, it's kind of a pain. So I'm taking two and three at a time. <laughs> and, 
So I finally get all 12 of them down and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm pretty good. So I've got a guy, a, a crew coming. We're supposed to lower a relift pump at the river. And I told him I'd meet him about five, five thirty back at the river. Well, at four o'clock, I took 12 of these pills and I'm oh, like, man. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm good. Um, Oh man. So I hopped on the side by side about a quarter till five, maybe five minutes till five. And I started back here. I get about halfway there and said, Nope. <laughs> nope, this ain't happening. Oh, so I God. turn that thing around and I make a beeline back for the house. And I mean, just barely got in the house. I'm running. Just barely got in the house. Got my britches shucked. And dude, it was bad. Well, I had enough. It was probably two and a half hours later. I really ain't got up. I'm still sitting on the toilet about two and a half hours later. And uh, finally got to where I felt like I could get up. And I go back to the living room and sit down on the couch. And I mean, it hit me again back to the bathroom. Well, you was texting me, I don't know, nine or 10 o'clock at night. Well, at eight, eight o'clock, you got to take 12 more of these pills. Oh, good Lord. And by the time eight o'clock got here, I'm like, I'm going to die. I mean, there ain't nothing left. I mean, it's just, this is bad. <laughs> I was so weak when you text me that night that I really felt like just stripping down neck and going out and laying in the yard. And, <laughs> and then maybe, maybe Dana could just come out and hose me off, you know, when it's time to go to the doctor. <laughs> Oh, this text message I got from you. Uh, <laughs> that's what you said. <laughs> you said last night I seriously considered laying out in the yard naked. <laughs> Man, it was, said, it was bad. So, yeah, you said you lost four and a half pounds from all of that. Yeah, four and a half pounds, what a loss. And well, so. And, and I mean, I know exactly what, if I know exactly where the four and a half pounds went. I flushed it. <laughs> and <laughs> so, so finally, um, I guess it was probably four o'clock in the morning. I'm, uh, I feel like I might could lay down in the bed for a little bit. Of course I laid down in the bed and I had to get up at six. And, uh, so we go to the hospital and they go they getting everything prepped and I don't know, somebody with some smarts had that deal figured out. Cause I mean, it was over, um, you know, use up all night long, but it was uh time you got to the hospital. I mean, it was, there was nothing left, uh, to come out. So they, uh, they wheeled me back. They made me put on this gown. I laid down there on the bed and, uh, nurse come and got me. They put IV and stuff in, they wheeled me back there and, uh, Doctor was sitting there on a computer in the operating room and he stood up and he turned around and the nurse is putting something in my IV and doctor said, uh, well, we're going to sedate you. And, uh, you know, once this thing's, uh, once it all, um, once we get done, we'll wheel you back to the room and one hour after your last round of anesthesia, you'll be able to go home. I said, all right. 
And I've just fetched and asked, how long does it take for the anesthesia to work? And and I got about half of that out. And I, I mean, next thing I know, I wake up, my wife's shaking me, telling me, you know, time to get up. They said I could go home. So I'm laying there and, uh, you know, I've been scared to poop for, uh, you know, since four o'clock the day before. But the nurse comes in and she says, as soon as you can pass gas, you can go home. Well, I thought, well, crap, I'll just try this. I don't know. I might, I might mess her bed up, but I'm going to try this. Well, I didn't have no trouble passing no gas. And uh, so they let me go ahead and, and go home, but told me, you know, you're probably going to be tomorrow before you really feel like eating anything. Oh, we was at Whataburger 15 minutes after I checked out. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, and then, of course, the doctor tells you right then, we didn't find anything. All looks good. See you in 10 years. So I'm uh, I'm good to go on that deal. So that's the second one you've had? <clears throat> well, I had one about 15 years ago. How, and then, how old was you when you got your first one? Man, I don't know. 15 years ago, I'd have been like 36. Man, that's that's early. Yeah. Don't they um, say you like at 50 or something, do it at 50 or something like that? Yeah. Once you get up 45 or so, you're supposed to start start doing it. So well, you know, we we uh <laughs> we joke about this and it is some kind of funny, but I'm glad you did it because uh you actually hunt with some people, work for some folks, know some folks, and everybody's been impacted by it. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's uh, you know, prostate cancer, colon cancer, you know, that's pretty common. I, I worked with a guy that was actually in a, he was a mechanic and he was on the side of the road working on a piece of equipment and, uh, uh, was walking up to his service truck to get something out and a semi hit his service truck, uh, with him standing there over it. And, uh, Knocked him out, put him in the hospital, messed him up pretty bad, but saved his life because they discovered he had uh, colon cancer while he was in the in the hospital getting x-rayed and stuff. And uh, it was early enough, caught it early enough, they were able to treat it. But, you know, had he not had that accident, he'd probably be dead now from colon cancer. Well, a uh, uh, doctor, a friend of Allison's, uh, uh, she was talking to the other day. She, um, she went and... Uh, her husband was having some trouble and he started having some pain, testicular pain. And, uh, they thought he might've just, you know, whatever you twist a testicle or some kind of day. I don't know what, and this guy's older, you know, I mean, he's not young, but he ain't old, old. He's a middle-aged guy. Anyhow, he started having this pain and, uh, you know, they get to messing around. Well, next thing they know, it takes them a while to figure it out. But doggone if he ain't got the prostate cancer. And mm. uh, and it's it's far along now. And so he's been dealing with that for, you know, a little while now. <clears throat> and they thought it was one thing. Now they found out it's something else. And, uh, you know, he's got prostate cancer. So, uh, you know, that's a pretty serious deal. And, uh, you know, it's just, man, you know, we joke about it. And we make fun of each other. And if people knew the messages that I had gotten and, and the visuals I had gotten of you talking about, dude, this is miserable. I'm about to die. <laughs> and <laughs> if they knew all the stuff I'd heard you say, of course, today's been pretty funny to me, but 
I may be the only one with the weird sense of humor. Well, there but, was uh, one point. There was one point there, probably about eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. My wife thought we might have to move out. <laughs> oh Lord! But you know, it's it's one of those things, man. Uh, I'm I'm just like that guy that you know uh, started having that pain. You, you know, you wind up having this pain. I mean, let's be honest. We all wind up having some pains. And for the most part, we don't tell nobody and we just ignore it because we got crap to do. And, you know, we go do our stuff and, uh, and we just, oh, it'll go away or whatever. Maybe it does, maybe it don't, maybe just get used to it, whatever. And I remember people used to ask me who my PCP was. And I was like, I ain't got one. And, you know, it, it is smart. You know, we, we take our equipment in, get oil changes, you know, we get uh, preventative maintenance done all the time on everything. You take care of your shotgun, your rifle. You take care of your cars, your trucks, your your tractors, all these things. But we we neglect ourselves, you know. And uh, it's just a wise thing, really, to uh, to go get checked out. Man, I tell you what, you know, I, I'm so glad that I met this doctor and and got hooked up with him, you know. As you get older, you just don't feel as good anymore. And, uh, you know, you got aches and pains and you got stuff going on. And, you know, I'm all about it now. Doctor tells me, well, we're going to do this and this. It's going to make you feel better. I'm like, hey, let's do it. I'll schedule a time where I can get in there. Let's uh, if you, if you let's make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish I could say the same My of course, my experience is a little different, but uh, uh, I'm like, man, if y'all would just quit doctoring on me for a minute, I I'll be okay, you know. And I've tried to get away from them suckers, but well, I ain't been going, and I ain't got no complaints. I I love my doctor. I love the nurses up there. We actually, I've been getting those testosterone shots, and I done told them now we having a contest, which whichever one of them. Uh, about three different ones. I go in every two weeks for a shot, and about three different ones. I said that uh, we run in a contest, and and come Christmas, whichever one has given the shots that hurt the least, you're gonna get a gift certificate for Colton's or somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I'm right. uh, you you're getting a Christmas present because that's a big old needle. Oh, and and if they having a bad day, or oh. they don't care about being tender, they job that sucker in there hard, and boy you draw up pretty good. So, <laughs> so we're running a contest. Now I told him, I said, look, and, and so I tell him every time, look, don't forget, we competing for a $50 gift certificate here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Keep them on point. Keep yeah, them on dude. point. Yeah. But other than that, so I had a, had a week that I had to run to Northwest Arkansas. Got a, got a buddy that's buying a piece of property up there. And, uh, it's, uh, it's the it's in a conservation easement with the Nature Conservancy, so we wanted to find out what we could and could not do to the property. And uh, man, I'm gonna tell you that Nature Conservancy—they're cool folks to deal with. Um, you know, they they might not be cool if you want to build a subdivision, a bunch of roads, and that kind of stuff. But if you want to manage uh, habitat for wildlife, um, they didn't tell me no on anything I suggested doing. They they're all about it and uh had a really good meeting with them and 
So now I'm trying to get that plan rolled up for him. He's going to close on it here in a month or so. And, and, uh, so I'm trying to get the plan all rolled up and, and, uh, we're trying to get a share of money. I don't know, um, what the nature conservancy TNC, what they do outside of Arkansas, but here, man, they love to do prescribed fire. They love to try and get stuff, you know, taken care of for habitat sake and wildlife sake and restore stuff. I mean, they, they're doing some good work. I met with three different ones up there, which I guess are the, the two of them were as, you know, as high as you can get with the nature conservancy here in Arkansas. And, uh, man, they just, I didn't know what to expect, but man, they were just as cool as they could be. And we laughed and joked and had a good time. And, uh, you know, I, they said, you know, we can't build roads. We can't maintain roads. There's two roads. It's, you know, logging roads. It's grandfathered in. You're not even supposed to ride any of them that's not. So I was leery about asking about, you know, putting in fire lines with a dozer and maintaining those, but they were all about it. Um, yeah. It was uh, – it was a phenomenal meeting. Those folks are just, they were great to work with. And so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that, trying to get a plan wrote up for him on that now and see if we can get some cost share money to do some, well, everything, hack and squirt, dozer lines, uh, prescribed fire, invasive control, uh, glade restoration, um, pollinator mixes. Um, it's, uh, it's going to be cool when we get it done. We're going to try to do, as much of a restoration project as we can on that property. Yeah. But surprisingly, it really didn't have much junk timber. I mean, it's, it'd been cut hard back in the eighties. Um, but you didn't see a lot of elm and hackberry and sweet gum and stuff like that. And it's got a lot of Eastern red cedar that's got to be cut, but that's from like a fire. Um, but most of the timber uh, got several white oaks, a lot of post oaks, uh, got some southern red oaks, some black oaks. But uh, um, and most of that timber is pretty small, still probably eight to ten inch DBH. But um, and it's too thick; it needs thin back. But some really good looking, uh, really good looking timber on it. I mean, it's gonna. You can't just walk through and hack and squirt. You're gonna. We're gonna have to. Uh, we're going to have to tie some ribbons on what we want to keep. Um, and, and we may do a little logging on it, may do a commercial thinning on part of it. It's got some really big stuff on one part uh, that I guess wasn't logged back in the 80s. But um, it's, I mean, most ever, ever tree, uh, lots of post oak that are all look good and straight and healthy. And, and uh, you know, we're going to have to unfortunately get rid of some of them or just too many. But, um, but good looking timber, man. That's so, a pretty place. It it is a pretty place, and but so we're uh we're excited about that, trying to get that done, and uh, um. Then I guess being around the doctor's office and the hospital and all that, I must have run across somebody that had Ebola or something, um, because <laughs> I took a spell, boy, I was sick. I mean, chills and fever and and uh. I had about four or five days like that. And by the time I started getting better, my wife got it. And, uh, and she's just getting over hers the last two or three days here. But, um, I was, uh, you know, the Bobcat was broke down, finally got it fixed and got it back. So now I got 
I've been behind on it. I got about three weeks worth of work to do with it as quick as I can get it done. And I've got a running a track hole now doing cleanup on a project where we had storm damage on one of our duck clubs back uh, from back late spring a storm rode through and we got trees across boat lanes and in duck holes that we're trying to clean up and uh uh got a uh, uh had a pipe built um had a, a full round uh flashboard riser put in a pipe and uh, got the text message this afternoon that it's done. Saw a picture of it loaded on a trailer. So they're going to deliver it to me Friday. So I got to get the track hole moved back. So we got a way to unload it, I guess. And then uh, talk to the guy that's supposed to lower my relift. And uh, river's finally down as as low as I don't guess it can get any lower than what it is right now. And uh, we're supposed to start on it Friday. So um I would really like to be about done with things. I haven't sat on a tree stand yet. Uh, this blood trailing dog of mine, we ain't trailed the first deer yet. We just been, man, like I say, we ain't done a podcast in two weeks till this one. It's just, yeah. just been swamp busy with things. Well, we the other thing, uh, which before I mention this, for those that are wondering, the Bobcat had to get some injectors. We put four new injectors in it. We had two that were bad, letting too much fuel bypass. That was a problem with the uh, rail pressure and overheating uh, fuel temperature too high. And, uh, well, they claim it is. I ain't ran it yet. They delivered it Tuesday. And uh, this past, no, this past Thursday they delivered it. And uh, he unloaded it and parked it, and I hadn't had a chance to get on it yet to see if it's fixed. But fingers crossed, I'm hoping it is. Yep. And, uh, we, you and I, with some other partners put together, um, uh, an initial prescribed burn association meeting to see if how many people we had interested to do a PBA for, uh, two counties right here. And we had a yes. big turnout, yes. big turnout, uh, really positive deal. So we got down the PBA meeting rabbit hole. And we're talking to people like we were politicians and uh, feeding folks and getting folks in and out and answering questions and, you know, all that Making kind of stuff. Kissing babies. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, man, the, the, we, we've got a big support group to start out here in these two counties and had, had people from both counties. And, um, man, I, I'm, I'm really excited about that because I think that will change things on a much larger scale than just working on our own place. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be huge. You know, that's what it's all about. It, you know, that property that I'm talking about in Northwest Arkansas, I went and looked at, I mean, it's just, it would be a phenomenal property if it had just been on a burn schedule since they cut it back in the eighties. Yeah. Uh, there wouldn't be anything to do. Yeah. But lack of fire. I mean, the cedar trees are insane across the glades on that place. And it's got a lot of gladed areas. Wow. So it's going to take a lot of dang, uh, um, a lot of dang cedar cutting for sure. What? Do you, what well, let me just, before we get off on something else, I'm going to tell you that the obstacle there is your options. If you hack them, if you hack and squirt them, 
you you leave a cedar skeleton standing up that's there for years and years. If you cut and drop them, same deal. You've got cedar skeletons there for years and years, decades maybe. If you cut and drop and buck them, you know, saw the limbs down and uh, either try and put, you know, pull them and put them somewhere, pile them, whatever, you got that much more work to do. If you go in with a mulcher, the cedar is so hard. It is a, a really rough tree to try and mulch. I mean, it's, it's tough. And, uh, I mean, all your options to deal with that <clears throat> are, are, I mean, they're not the best, you know, they're not, there's not the best solution. Um, yeah. uh, I, I had one guy that, that they went in and did heavy mechanical on and basically dosed them. Uh, you still left with this. Now here's the benefit to some of that. If the carcass is on the ground, it does kind of make an exclusion cage mm -hmm. for the forbs that come up through there that don't get eaten. Mm -hmm. And it does provide some structure, some escape cover and some things like that. The problem is if you got as many as what you're talking about, you, you are left with some hard choices as to what you want to do. And then if, if you're like most people have been conditioned and it's aesthetically not pleasing to your eye, it's going to drive you crazy every time you drive up there. It is. Fortunately, a lot of these gladed areas are out of sight. Um, so it's not going to hurt anything having the skeletons laying there. We're going to cut them off, you know, low to the ground and, uh, and just drop them. But the great thing about the ones you can see is right in the middle of this property is about a 50-acre pasture. They've pulled the cattle off of it now, and there won't be cattle going back on it. Uh, but um, we're going to spray the fescue out and put in a pollinator mix. And one of the things that I would like to do, and I know some people may frown on this, but I want to go all the way around it because it's got a lot of cedars around the edge of the field, you know, the, the woods edge, and it's a hard edge. So I want to drop all of those cedars and let them fall out into the field as well as backwards into the woods and make a big wide uh, feathered edge all the way around. And then on the inside of those cedars, I would like to put about a 15 or 20 foot wide strip of a low growing clover that can serve as a fire line for the pollinator mix in the field. We're gonna plant a forb heavy pollinator mix and hope to be able to use that that line as a fire line with the clover on it and not have to maintain anything. And then beyond that, so so basically when you look at it, look down on it from the air, you've got a pollinator uh, planting mix in the middle. And then you've got a fire line around it that's clover. And then inside that, you've got an irregular shaped um, edge of cedar grown up in natives with natives growing up through the cedars that serve as a feathered edge. Um, I would love to not have to do a clover line around it, but we've got to have fire lines in place. We've got to be able to burn the field pretty regularly and the woods not quite as much. Um, so I'll burn the feathered edge along with the woods, but I want to be able to burn the field without having to go up and, and do much work 
uh, in order to light a fire. So, you know, I figure the field will probably be on a two to three year rotation. And uh, there may be some of these, these woods that don't get burned, but maybe every five years, some of it will be every year, but some of it may not be, but once every five or six years. Man, that's a long burn interval. It is, but you know, when you get in the woods there, we really don't have much trouble with, um, um, with natives with non-native invasives and uh some of these areas around it right next to it are some north and east facing slopes so you know we're not going to cut them as hard and i don't really think they're going to grow up as much i, I think we're going to want at least a three to four year burn interval you know it's going to we'll be able to tell once we kind of get started there but it's not something we're going to burn ever every year or two and and we don't want to have to burn the woods when we burn the field, you know. That's yeah. that's the main thing. And we can't be hauling. It's hard to get in and out. It's in a craggy, steep area, and it's hard to get in and out with equipment. And it's, you know, it's four hours from me just driving in a pickup. Uh, I don't want to have to haul equipment up there every time we want to burn and push a dozer line out, you know. So we got to come up with a way to maintain that, and that's – uh. It's got to be maintenance free or they're not going to take care of it. That's the bottom line. Yep. So I would rather deal with that and and have some straight edges from the clover and, and have the clover in place there. And, you know, he's going to use that in lieu of food plots. Um, so his ring around it with clover, uh, he might have a couple of small food plots, but on the whole property, he's probably not going to have, but, but maybe three small food plots that are half an acre each. So, and that's just, just so he can go have something to go up and tinker with before hunting season, you know? Yep. Yeah. Well, we have, uh, we've been busy, but tis the season, you know? It is, but I'm looking forward to, to getting a break here before long. I figure I've got a pretty, a pretty hard month, but uh, I'm hoping that maybe, I don't know, maybe Fridays at noon, I can slow down on some things and go get in a tree stand, maybe run some, some blood trails uh, on some weekends at night. And <clears throat> I just don't think I'm going to have to work daylight to dark six days a week <clears throat> to get caught up from here on out. I can see light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. That's really good. I've been going like it since February, it seems like. And, uh, man, I hadn't taken a vacation. I hadn't really taken a break to do much other than taking a Sunday off and laying on the couch. Boy, I hadn't done anything, uh, but work. So. Yeah, I understand that. Sure, ready for a break, and I'm sitting here at my desk right now with a big stack of DMAP tags laying here beside me, and we ain't filled the first one yet. Well, same here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a couple of mine have sat there and said, uh, we want to go bow hunt because we think we can get on a buck right now. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But uh, I I'm not far from, I mean, muzzleloading will be here this weekend. <laughs> And uh, I'm not far from, hopefully, if I can get a couple more things done, then I won't be far from being able to wage war on them. 
Well, I've already messed up this year just because I've been so busy. What I said I was going to do all year, all year long, I've said I was going to do it. And I said it last year, too. I was going to take about three spots for three different wind directions. And about two weeks before bow season opened, of course, you know, we can we can shoot doe with a rifle as a part of the DMAP program during bow season. But I was going to bait up about three spots for three wind directions really hard and heavy with corn and rice bran. And I was going to get all of my does killed in that first two or three weeks of bow season and then quit baiting. And then everybody could relax, bow hunt, whatever, rifle hunt when season opens and uh, and concentrate the rest of the year on trying to shoot the buck they want. But I was going to get all of them stinking does out of the way. And here we are. Muzzleloader season opens Saturday, and we ain't shot the first one yet. Yep. We, we both season been open almost a month now. Yeah, and I'll tell you what's happened to us the past couple of years, maybe the past four, at least the past three, I know, probably the past four, is we've had hot, dry conditions, and, and that just makes people not want to go. It does. And, you know, we look forward to that cool snap, but I'm telling you right now in these bottoms, when it cools off like it is right now, them mosquitoes are absolutely freaking insane. I mean, you you can't open your mouth to take a deep breath or you'll swallow five. Yep. They are just, I mean, I'm talking two thermocells going and you better hope one don't quit. Um, just trying to Just trying to be able to tolerate them. They're horrible. But I guess it'll be like it till we have a frost. I guess. I I ain't a mosquito expert. I just know I don't like them, and they do like me. Yep. Yep. Well, we got anything else we want to talk about? Man, we've got exciting stuff in the the works. Uh, You and I got to – we'll have to at some point make time to figure out what we're doing with this thing, but – You've got a couple spy points hung cell cams that you're having pretty good luck with, I guess. Yes, sir. I've got uh, seven of them. And um, goodness, so far, I'm having pretty good luck out of them. I, I got one that when I put it up has taken a picture or two and sent it to me at random, but it claims that it's got a faulty uh S, uh, SD card and it takes those micro SD cards uh-huh. and it claims of course you know couldn't find any any place and I went to the drugstore and bought some so it may not be the ones that you know it's supposed to have in it but it's what I could get my hands on at the time so um, they uh, got, got one of them the rest of them all work fine but one of them said a bad SD card even though it's brand new so I went back and formatted it, and it took pictures pretty good for, I don't know, eight or ten pictures, and then it's it's started doing it again. And then this morning, I had two different cameras send me messages saying that they had uh, invalid SD cards, and they've been taking good pictures. And uh, I didn't get pictures from them this morning, but just sitting here tonight, um they went off and I got pictures from both of them. So I don't know what that's about, but uh, I might have to, might have to look in the, 
the right kind of SD cards or something. Maybe I ain't got something just quite right, but yeah, I, that does make a difference. Uh, you and I have got to reveal Tacticam, uh, whatever 2.0 X, whatever it is to try out. And, uh, we'll have to figure out how to even get that thing on and running. But, uh, um, we got that going. Uh, Zach Ballou, uh, Mason Marketing. He's got. He's got. Uh, Bell you. Bell you. Is that how you say it? Yep. I'll be dog. Well, he's. Uh, he's got some pretty cool hats that he's. Uh, he's been trying to work up a a deal for me where I can buy a few. I just don't need like a a, a you know hundred of them but uh he he's able to you know take some smaller quantity stuff and and um he was asking me about those gift baskets that the kids and the wife you know supervises on or or makes a lot of and uh man shipping it's you know shipping is anywhere between nine to twelve dollars a box on those things the two three zip codes i tried and uh then i got uh I got Kendall, Kendall Bush. He's like you. He just wants uh, honey salted caramels. He wants to know, can we just get some honey salted caramels? So I've had two bags riding around for you for a week and have seen you two or three times and keep forgetting to give them to you to the point where uh, my wife's done give him somebody else and she's got you a new, new, new bag worked up. So. Well, just take care of them. I don't want no melted, stuck caramels when I get. Well, them. let me tell you, the biggest problem <laughs> and is that that uh, Allison can't quit eating them. That's the biggest problem right there. She she is flat out. I mean, uh, she's got. I thought she said, "I think I got a problem." I said, "I think you're right." So Mother, she, that sea salt that's on them, dude. That's just oh, man, they're just they're phenomenal. Oh, they're pretty good, you know. Uh, so anyhow, I'm going to try and get some of that stuff out. We've already been pushing out some gift baskets. I got some honeybee stuff to tend to, um, I had some other family stuff going, but you know, all this stuff is rocking and rolling and believe it or not. I mean, it's mid, mid October Halloween will be here in a couple of weeks and we'll, we will be staring Thanksgiving in the face before we know what's happening. Man. I know it's end uh... of the year wrap up is fixing to be on us. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's just happening that quick. I mean I I don't know. It's just happening fast. And I've been trying to look for a truck for my son and buddy. Let me tell you, that's a rodeo in and of itself. You got a new ride? I did. Yep. Trying to dodge this time because yep. uh, I went with a fifty five hundred. And if you go with the Chevrolet GM fifty five hundred, it looks like a Bob truck. And yeah. Ford and Dodge are the only ones that still look like a pickup. But yeah, yeah. It's uh it's a whole lot of truck. I stepped up from a from a thirty five hundred one ton to a fifty five hundred and uh it's it's a lot different. Yeah, it's, it's a beast. It's well, a difference you know, in driving a driving a car down the highway versus a dump truck. Yeah. Yeah. It's like my buddy said too about that uh Dodge slash ram whatever i think they even dropped the dodge names kind of like that colonoscopy and colonoscopy but uh uh he always said if you can't dodge it ram it <laughs> that's what he says every time he sees one of them trucks 
And uh, you got your bed mounted on there and you got your boxes on there. Did you ever get your organizational stuff figured out? No, I have absolutely nothing in there. And I've needed tools all day long the last couple of days and ain't had nothing with me. So oh, that's bad. Yeah, it's uh, I'm Did trying you... to run the track hole and, and ain't got no tools. And but I just I don't want to if I go putting stuff in there. I ain't never going to take it back out and organize. So I'm just, I'm going to bide my time and do without best I can. I'll throw me a pipe wrench and a couple big crescents and a hammer in there, I guess. But, um, I'm just, uh, um, uh, I'm going to take my time and make sure I set everything up right. What about try the, to be the Pinterest? Did you get on Pinterest and, and explore that deal? I ain't been on Pinterest, but I've been on everything. I sat there one night, the night I got the the bed put on the truck. I parked it over there at the shop, and uh, I think I went to bed about 3 o'clock in the morning. I was looking at, at a toolbox organization and ideals, and, man, it's just, there's so much crap out there. And the worst part is it won't most of it work for me. So, um just trying to, you know, I got a lot of big stuff, three quarter inch drive stuff and big wrenches and impacts and impact sockets. And, you know, just, uh, you know, I use a half inch and a nine sixteenths wrench, but, you know, bigger metrics seems to be what I use more than anything. And, you know, just trying to keep all that crap on hand and organized plus extra parts and extra bolts and whatever you might need. So, you know, I live, uh, I live uh, about fifteen miles from a town of fifteen hundred people, and uh, you know, you can't just go to town and get what you need when you think you need it. Uh, no. And then you drive forty five minutes to a bigger town, and I got so aggravated. I don't go to town very often, and I drove forty five minutes to town the other day. Had a big long list, and I went to about eight different places. And nobody, I don't think I got two things off of a list of about 20 things I was after. Um, and I decided then, God just needs set it home, figure out what you need and order it online. And you'll have it in two or three days and just be happy with it. Cause I ain't got it when you get to town. Well, except in your case, cause your FedEx, UPS and USPS may not ever deliver to you. Man, that deal. I literally have had UPS guy pull up in a car with his wife and say, this has been riding around on our truck for two or three weeks, but we're contractors and, and, uh, you know, we don't, we don't just deliver stuff every day just cause we got a package. He said, me and my wife was headed to Jonesboro to, to eat supper tonight and, uh, visit the grandkids. And, uh, we thought we'd drop it off on our way by. That sure was and, nice of him. Yeah, been riding around in his truck for two or three weeks, boxes all tore up, covered in dust, and, you know, and I'm like, well, I've been looking for that. I really needed that today. I ordered it, you know. I didn't want to wait two or three days, but he said, well, you might ought to uh, have it sent to somebody that lives in town because that'd sure be, sure be quicker you getting it. So, you know, like you said about your mom and dad's, I can have it delivered to my wife's work, and, you know, FedEx and UPS both run every day there. I but can I coming can, out here. I can put the same deal in and deliver it to my parents' house, and it'll be here in one to two, maybe three days. If I deliver it to my house, it is going to take 
probably four to a week at the at the soonest. I'm better shape than you are, but you know, it, it just I don't know. Well, I'm gonna tell you now. Y'all take this however you want to take it, but I'm going to repeat word for word what was said. A FedEx man, we bumped into him down at a little country store uh, about a year ago. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to use the accent? Down in South Arkansas and was quizzing him about stuff. And here's exactly what he says. Y'all can't get no help. So now y'all got to hire me and I does what I wants. That's what the man said. Exactly word for word what the man said. <laughs> oh man, this this podcast right here is going to go down in the in the, you know Hall of Fame, buddy. <laughs> I'm telling you, I hope everybody needs a good laugh because if they hadn't <laughs> laughed on this deal, y'all need to definitely go see your PCP. You might need some happy pills. Well. If they think this is funny, they ought to really come live it with us. They, they oh, ought to, buddy. What's that Jamie Johnson says? You ought to see it in color. <laughs> yeah. Laugh or cry, one or yeah. the other. Yeah. Well, folks, we appreciate y'all tuning in, and we promise we, we got some some uh, educational content coming. Uh, we got a lot of stuff in the works, a lot of stuff we're wanting to do, and we're trying to get with some of these uh, folks to set up some podcasts, but everybody's busy and, and, uh, it's, uh, it's tough trying to get everybody on the same schedule, but I know this one hadn't been, it's probably more entertaining than educational, but, uh, y'all bear with us. We'll, uh, it's going to be some good and some bad. So, <laughs> Hey man, this was educational too. Y'all go get checked out by your doctor. Yep. Yep. Get checked out. Uh, you only got one body. You can't just change bearings anytime you need to in yourself. So, man, I'm telling you, if you do, it's uh, it's expensive. That's right. Well, folks, thank you all for listening. Thank you for being patient with us. We apologize for not being on the last couple of weeks, and we apologize we didn't have a little more educational stuff to pass on this week. But we'll uh, uh, there's always next time. So we'll catch you all then. Thanks for listening. <laughs>